Coming in as Loom. Millendike centered it. Talk with Pat Steinberg and Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are underway this hour. Steinberg logo on a Tuesday, October 17th. Welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe, now just $1450, or explore the full line of safes at CalgaryLockandSafe.com. Hello, Logo. Hi, Patrick. So uh, I've been uh, really happy with a certain player, or I've been very happy is the wrong word. It doesn't really affect my happiness. <laughs> um, I've been really encouraged with the start to the season for a certain player on okay. the team. And that upsets some people. I'm not exactly sure why, but it does. Uh, this hour of Flamestock on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, would love to have you along for the ride on Flames Talk. So go hit subscribe. We're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Your subscription would make us happy. Yes, that's true. That would that affect, would affect happiness. our happiness. Uh, that player I'm talking about who I've been very encouraged by, uh, where's number 10 and his name is Jonathan Huberdo. I And I have taken some flack on the old text line about that. Uh, I've no. s- taken some ta- some flack on the phone lines for that. No. And I'm sure it'll get the text line going again now. If you're listening live, please uh, feel free. 960-960 on the text line right now. I thought Saturday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins was the best game Jonathan Huberdeau has played as a member of the Calgary Flames. And I thought Monday's game against Washington, he was also very strong. And this is where I'm coming at this conversation from before you scream at me. Jonathan Huberdeau is here to generate offense. He is here to be one of the offensive leaders on this team. He's here to be dynamic on the power play. That is something that he was not consistently at all last year. We know that. 55 points for a guy that came back in the biggest trade in franchise history or one of the biggest trades in franchise history. Yeah, that was a yucky first year. But I'm seeing very encouraging signs, especially the last two games, that he is that or that he is on track to be that. And I know that we're early in the year, but... I would much rather the signs be encouraging if I'm a Flames fan than to be really discouraged and it to look like the same old thing. And I'm sorry, I don't think, and this is my opinion, I don't think that it's the same old thing that we've seen from Huberdo to start the year. So his five-on-five metrics are fine. Uh, he's been on the ice for more goals for than against, chances for than against, high dangers for than against. Not in like a Patrice Bergeron way, but he's been out there for, uh, he's he's been a positive five-on-five player for three games. But when you add in the power play is where Huberdo has been really strong. And this is part of what he brings to the table. Again, you have to, this one's for you, Matt and Cochran, but you have to consider relative to his role and what he is here for, are you seeing the things you need to see? And my answer to that is on the Huberdeau front, the yeah, I think we are. He leads the team overall with 16 shot attempts, 
through three games. He is tied for third on the team with eight shots that have made it on goal. He leads the team with 12 scoring chances. He leads the team with six high danger scoring chances. My eye test correlates to that to start the year. Is that not what he's here for? Is Scream at me about the $10.5 million. Scream at me about it being the worst contract in Flames history. Jonathan Huberdeau is a member of the Calgary Flames to be one of their offensive leaders. He's at three points in three games, and I think he's been their most impactful offensive player overall through the first nine-plus periods of the season because there's the overtime in there as well. I, I'm sitting here, I'm saying... Okay, it's three games. I'm not going to sit here and declare this, that Jonathan Huberto, the bounce back season is upon us because it's only three games in. But wouldn't you rather have encouraging signs early on in the year than the opposite? And I think especially what we've seen the last two games, that's been really encouraging for a guy that we've talked about having a different mindset, being more positive, and approaching this season with a fresh take after the nightmare that was last year. Like, wouldn't... Isn't it a good thing that you're seeing things that are positive, even if it's early on? Yeah, there's there's a weird aura around Huberto in this city right now where I, I'm trying to, like, I mean, as far as, let's just put it down, you, you brought up a lot of great analytics in there, Pat, as to why you think and why you see his game trending in a better direction. Put it as simply as there's three points, three games into the season, he's got three points. Has he blown the world off? Has he jumped out had a five-point game like JT Miller? No, but the team's not that kind of high offense, octane sort of team either. He's fit on the line. Like you said, he's looked dangerous at times. Is he the perfect defensive player? No. But for a guy that's got the biggest contract in Flames history, there sure are a lot of people that rather look for the negatives with this guy then try to find the positives, and I'm not sure why that is. Well, I, I get it to an extent. Let me play you this. This uh, this was Andrew. This is the first call on Flames Talk postgame on Monday night following the 3-2 loss in Washington. Um, and, and I cut basically the whole thing. There's definitely nothing edited in this stretch of a minute and 50. Uh, this was Andrew who called in on Monday night. And look, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but this is just an example of kind of where I'm at compared to where Andrew and other fans are at too. And again, I understand it, but I just want to play this for you. Hey, Pat, how's your 2022 going? Uh, it's 2023, but it's going. Oh, okay. shoot. Sorry. I thought because it was so much. Oh, like I see what you did there. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're just, you're just more clever than I am. <laughs> no, I'm not clever. Me, um, me, me neither. Yeah. Huberto was awful again. I know you said, uh, buck, uh, like bias. Uh, what is that? Um, Conversation bias or whatever you said. Yeah, confirmation bias, yeah. Yeah, it's not. I've tried to look for good things about Huberto, and there, there's almost none. On the power play, he was terrible. He was awful again today. He's going to go down as maybe one of the most hated flames in I, history. I just, I don't know, like, time. again, he's been dangerous. I don't know what, like, I throw, I throw numbers at you that are incontrovertible. Like, he's been around it. He's been know, dangerous offensively. I don't, I don't. I don't I, I get it that he had an awful year last year. I, I really do. And I get it that you may not be a big fan of the player and may hate the contract. But, like, uh, objectively, the last two games, he's he's been beyond fine. He's been one of their more dangerous players. I'd just rather my 10.5 million player have actual stats than, uh, like, analytics, right? 
you know, maybe well, he's a push- point per game player in the first three games of what, like, I don't, I don't know. Is that not, is that bad? No, no, of course it's not. But he plays, you know, on a, uh, power play one. I mean, he's going to get those opportunities. Ten and a half million is not good enough. And I'm, I'm sorry, it's just not. I mean, again, last year, 100%, it was not good enough. This year, I just think the jury's out. And I think that you're, I, I think that it's a little early to say that, hey, there's no doubt about it. It's a bust and he's not going to be good this year when he's off to a pretty decent start. That's all. Right. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, maybe I am jaded by last year but i just think it looked the exact same this year and so and and what he's referencing there and and i'm not trying to take shots at andrew because i thought it was a great call I, I really enjoyed the call uh and 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 i'm all for like i love the the heated conversations on post game so this is by no means trying to make fun of andrew this is not a tom or randy call um i just i thought it was a really good call but it just speaks to what i think is out there when it comes to the highest paid player on the team and so the the term that i used was confirmation bias in that huberdo and i'm not saying everybody's guilty of this i'm not saying i'm not saying andrew is or if you're listening right now that you are but i do think it exists in some pockets that you were so upset about how things went last year in year one for huberdo and matthew kachuk's career season and trip to the Stanley cup finals made it even worse. And you go into this season and you say, this guy, I'm done with this guy. Like this guy's the worst flame of all time. And this contract is junk. I can't believe they acquired him, let alone sign him to that. And so you're just waiting for the bad things to happen. And you're waiting for those things to confirm what you already believe. And so that I believe is happening in some pockets. And again, I don't, I'm guilty of it all the time. I do it all the time. And we all do. We're human beings. And so what, I, what I'm trying to say in this case, I think objectively, or as objectively as I can be covering the team on a team called, on a show called Flamestock, um, I just think that he's had a really encouraging start to the season. And if you can try to separate what happened last year, and if you can try to separate the contract, which... They can't take back. There's no whoopsies or do-overs in the NHL. That contract is signed. And just look at what he's done to start the year with three points in three games and being their overall offensive leader in a lot of the offensive metrics. I think it's a whole lot better than anything we saw last season. And that's a step forward. And wouldn't you, the contract signed, my friends, wouldn't you rather steps forward than it getting worse or staying the same? That's kind of my point, Logo. Yeah, I, uh, that's the that's the thing that that I guess I, I've struggled with in this conversation with with Huberto is is you'd think that there should be a, a mountain of support for anything good that the guy does because you're desperate for that ten and a half million dollars to be valuable to your team. And look, I, I understand it's not, it, it's, it's as a fan, you're allowed to look at last year and you're allowed to, you're allowed to be jaded by that, right? For it's, sure. You're, you you're allowed to, to look at it and say, man, last year, if that guy was 10% better, then we all should, we were talking about playoffs. We were talking about all this sort of stuff and we wouldn't have to hear as much about Kachuk and all. I get it, but I think you have to, naturally reset in terms of you know where this guy is at understanding the situation for him has changed he's in a second coach now in a second year here um i think a lot of it goes into it and i don't think it's as as black and white as going to you know and lou said this all the time and i i believe it more than than anyone 
with with Huberto in in all of this is that whole triangle of players, right? Gaudreau, Kachuk, and Huberto are, are kind of the three that get compared and the points and all that, that that get wondered about here in Calgary. Only one of those guys didn't get to choose his destination, right? Matthew got to pick where he wanted to go play out of a handful of teams. Johnny went to free agency and picked his next club. This kind of got sprung on Jonathan after his career best season. I do believe there was a lot of change for him and a lot of it was mental having to figure out why after all those years in Florida, after his best season ever, they tossed him aside. And I think it played a big role in his season being a down one last year. And I think everybody had a down season last year. I, I can't think of, there was very few guys that excelled last season. So, 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 so early on to have that sort of negative aspect wrapped around him for one season before this contract even really kicked in. I I think it's, it's one of those things that it maybe is unfair, but I think is, is definitely a part of sport and, it's probably going to be have to be one where I, I think some people will just are just going to have to live with it. Maybe not like it, if you know what I mean. I uh, and look, I understand. Like everybody, I'm not. I'm not even saying that you're like if your opinion is wrong. And uh, sorry, I'm not saying your opinion is wrong. If your opinion is that he's not good and he's a bust and. and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm like everybody's entitled to your opinion. All I'm pushing back on is that I guess what I'm highlighting is that the second I anytime and like it is I'm looking at the text line right now. The second I say anything good about Jonathan Huberto, it's like you're an idiot. This guy's garbage. And it's like, whoa, he played a pretty good game. Like I, I thought he had a pretty good game on. I thought he was great on Saturday. I thought he was one of the best players, if not the best skater against Pittsburgh. And I thought he was quite good last night on, on Monday in, in Washington. And yeah, you can tell, talk to me all you want about the shootout attempt. Sure. Whatever. It's just, it's interesting to me and I can take it. Feel free. Just uh, yell at me all you want. I'm very used to it. I just found, I, I, I noticed it that instantly that one player, you praise him, and the text line well, lights this up. This is this is the perfect example of it to me on the text line. This is, this to me encompasses everything that you're talking about. Huberto can't make simple plays like receiving a pass. Yes, he can. He is an NHL All Star. He is at a, a so above the average NH or an average person. At playing hockey, like that is well, even the average NHLer. Yeah, exactly. Don't like that to me. Where he can't receive a pass, really? He can't receive a pass. That's that's how bad John Pat. He has gone so far down. He he can't even skate. He can't even put his jersey on. That's how bad this guy. Like that objectively to me is just. I think you're you're just you're in inevitably looking for the negatives in that. And I get maybe it looks different. Maybe the way that that Jonathan Huberto goes about his diff, uh, his business scoring points looks different than a Gaudreau or looks different than a Kachuk. But as long as it gets there, I don't really, I don't know that I care how it well, looks. Well, and this or is that's how he goes about his business. But that's important, and I think it's part of it because I think I don't know what the expectation was, but I do, Jonathan Huberto will never be 
a super sexy, flashy player that you come away from saying, he got four points, and that guy, that guy might as well, like, he might have been the best player. It's not going to be Jamie Benn having six points against the Flames or son of Johnny Gaudreau's ridiculous nights he had in a Flames jersey. That's not what Jonathan Huberdeau is. He doesn't do it in a flashy manner. And he doesn't do it in um, like he's not a he's not a power forward that's bowling dudes over going to the net. He does it in a very sometimes nonchalant looking way. The way that he distributes and the way that he sees things offensively, it very rarely I think is going to jump off the page in a highlight reel manner. And and I I do like I remember Jay Bowmeister here, um, and Jay Bowmeister was a hell of a defenseman as a member of the Calgary Flames. But because for some, I think he didn't look a certain way on the ice. He was it was, he was a bust. Dougie Hamilton, same it was the thing. exact same thing. He was Dougie Hamilton was a Norris six, six. quality defenseman here. Dougie he's a Hamilton Norris quality defenseman be, in New probably Jersey. Still be on this team, to be honest with you. If that's the kind of guy that you're a right shot defenseman that scores at the kind of rate that Dougie does, should probably still be and probably should be looked at as in a different form. But I, I, I truly believe, Pat, with Huberto, because it doesn't look the same as some of the superstars and the way that other people did their business here offensively, I, I think he, he takes it from some in that way because it's not an end-to-end rush. He's not busting in past three guys and you know, making a beautiful backhand. He kind of goes about it in a different way. And I think that can be difficult for some people to to look at and say, well, for 10 and a half million, he should. Well, uh, <laughs> as long as it gets done, then aren't we, aren't we happy about that? Shouldn't we be happy about that? Well, let's hit the text line at 960, 960. I'm, I'm just going to read them in order. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to read every single one, but um, the, I'm just going to read a bunch in a row here uh, on both sides. Uh, Oscar says fans wonder why players want to leave Calgary or struggle to resign. Fans just can't see the positives. This from Joel in Calgary. Pat, you're not alone. Uh, I agree with you that he's been on the upswing this year compared to last. I guess the proof that he's getting better is if he stays consistent. And I think that's important. Um, and I think that that is, is important to point out. It still is only three games, but I think that it's an encouraging three games. Um, this says, I agree with you too, 100%. Uh, this says, sounds like a we talking about practice rant. This says, Huberto could cure a worldwide illness and a certain faction would still find a problem with him. Um, this from Steve, I think he's way better than last year. 100% mental turnaround. One point for the positive side. Um, this says, Huberto's been fine. I know it's only been three games, but I think my disappointment is more around the fact that him being a point-per-game player still means the Flames are a middle-of-the-road team. That makes me sad. That's from Murray. Uh, Derek and Red Deer, I honestly think Huberto could have a 90-point season, and a number of Flames fans won't be happy with him. Uh, this is outside of his one career year. The player we see today is par for the course of his career. In my opinion, he got a payday and we get the player that he's been the majority of his NHL career. I've got news for you. The three years prior to his 115 points, he was also a well over a point per game player too. Those guys are rather few and far between. Not a ton of guys get 82 to uh, 82 plus points on a perennial basis. Like Huberdo did for four years prior to last year. Um, this says Huberto signed an eight-year extension. He chose to play in Calgary for the rest of his career. He's paid like an elite player, and he's not. That's the issue, I guess. 
Uh, this from Evan. Pat, the thing is, Huberto may have three points, but look how he got them. Secondary assist on a dump into the corner and a beauty pass by Manjapani. Assist on a missed empty net where he hit the post. He did that on purpose. What are you talking about? Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Goal on a weak shot that was going wide and deflected off of Pittsburgh D-man. He's lucky to have any points, and if he did, I think he'd have a much different outlook. Well, but the numbers I threw out about how he's leading the team in what I think are very important metrics because goals and points remain a very random thing in the NHL, I also think are important because outside of the three points in three games where, Evan, your description of them isn't false, he also has been generating on a consistent basis, especially the last two games. Um, This says... Huberto's definitely been dangerous, giving pucks to the other team. It sounds like it seems like every one good pass he makes, he gives three pick pucks up first. Puck possession dies on his stick. Uh, this says number ten has played hard and looks better so far, but that effort in the shootout was brutal. Um, this says from Jamie and- Andrew sounded like he made up his mind before the season. Um, this says the negative on Huberto is this ten and a half million for him versus Johnny. That ten and a half was for him. We lost Gaudreau and got Huberdeau. Um, Huberdeau's contract is looking better right now. The bigger question should be, uh, how is the second highest player on the team's contract is worth it? I think you're talking about Nazem Kadri. This says, geez, Pat, Huberdeau struggled last night. He's leaving the ice, shaking his head. Body language speaks volumes. Uh, and I want to read one more. Where did Dylan and Revy go? There he is. Um, this one reads, uh, Pat, how dare you? Let me yell at you about how much I agree with you. I think he's been much better. He's been hitting more passes and shooting the puck more. Plus, he's been hitting and engaging in puck battles. It's very encouraging. If he continues like this, I predict 90 to 95 points and 25-ish goals. That's Dylan smiling about the outlook of this flame season. So there's on both sides of the Jonathan Huberto conversation on the text line. Uh, 96960, as always, Pat and Logan along with you. Just before uh, we bring in Brendan Parker from Flames TV in Buffalo on this hour of Flames Talk, I did have to play this because, of course, Matthew Phillips did what he did on Monday. Of course, uh, the... Dylan's going to be pissed. I know Dylan's like, oh, this doesn't mean that we, we... I'm happy we're not talking about a bottom six <laughs> Capitals player. It was also funny, Dylan. Glad you stuck around, Dylan. <laughs> Just for you. Of course he picked up his first goal, and of course he picked up his first two points in the NHL against the Flames. It's so, it happens all the time. I remember Eric Nystrom, the first time he went back to Long Island, where obviously his dad was a a star with the Islanders, and I remember going in, and and Boomer and I were at Shank South, and Boomer just goes, Nystrom's going to get multiple points tonight, book it. I'm like, no, that stuff doesn't happen. Literally, Nystrom had two points in the first period. It's not, it's like these things, when we were doing best bets last season, these things were, you just had to book them. And sometimes extra motivation, I feel like, is a good thing. But you want to talk about Matthew Phillips just being 100% likable? Listen uh, listen to this post game after he was the number one star in the 3-2 Caps win on Monday night. Matt, how important was that uh, second period after the game started? Uh, yeah, well, first and foremost, uh, just like to send my thoughts to the Snow family back in uh, Calgary. It's pretty, um, pretty heavy thing, and everyone involved. Uh, it's it's a difficult thing, but they're making the most of it. So, just sending my thoughts there. But um, you could repeat that question. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I mean, I like that. The 
First thing he says, just ignores the question and says, you know, I, I just want to, obviously he knew Snowy and uh, Snowy was a big part of, of him coming up in pro hockey and all that type of stuff. Like, how can you not like that, right? He just handled everything about this so well, whether it was talking to franchise for his story or being asked about it post game. I, I said it earlier on Sportsnet today. It would have been so easy and I wouldn't have blamed him for a second to throw anybody in the Flames organization or the organization as a whole under the bus about how he felt about it, but he didn't. And he took the high road and is just happy to be where he is and uh, deep down probably felt pretty damn good to score uh, against a team that maybe didn't always think you could do it at that level. And what a great story for a Calgary kid for a sixth-round pick. To, to do that in the NHL against his hometown team. I couldn't have been happier for the guy, actually. And he did say, somebody asked him, I, uh, I think I have it here, right here. First goals are always special, but how much more sweet is it to do it against your former team? Uh, feels pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I guess the- so that I... Even oh. It wasn't quite... It was still innocent. It wasn't Mike Smith smarmy. Remember when Smitty gave the old, like, yep. When he was asked about basically punching oh, to beat the Flint. Yep. Yep. This was a little bit different. Anyway, there you, you go. Throw your teammates under the bus after every game. Yep. What a beating. Uh, there you go. Uh, hey, good for Matthew Phillips. Flames are 1-1-1 one, one, and one to start the season. Next up, Buffalo on Thursday. Logo, Pat, we're underway this hour, and we're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Wet basement, they have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Flames Talk is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. All right, let's go inside hockey on this Tuesday for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. Steinberg, Logan Gordon, and let's go to beautiful Buffalo and say hello to Brendan Parker of Flames TV who joins us inside hockey right now. Flames are two of five into this uh, current road trip. They're into uh, Buffalo right now. They'll play the Sabres on Thursday. So, Parks, that's three straight days in western New York. Congratulations. Pat, uh, what you do when you have a day in Buffalo is, well, there's so many things, first of all, but, but what we do is come to the rink. And that is where we are right now. We are at the Key Bank Center, coming to you live, just prior to puck drop as the Sabres and Lightning prepare to go to battle. Oh, we're doing a little pre-scout. A little pre-scout from Parks. Yeah. Advanced scouting. I can give you a blow-by-blow if you want. I'm sure there's other things you want to go into, and that's fine, too. Um, But I... I'm happy to do it if you need. I'd be okay if you did it for a while. If you want to go 20, 40 minutes, whatever you need. Tonight, live, <laughs> our White House correspondent, Brendan Parker here. That's right. That's right, boys. Not, uh, I'm more of a courthouse correspondent in Buffalo, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm happy to do whatever. You know what? I will say this. I really want the Sabres to be good again because – there's something about that building when the Sabres are good that's kind of, there's only a few places like it that get that loud and that get that into it. Like Buffalo is a good sports town and they have been 
so jaded on the Sabres the last decade because they've been so bad and such a joke, but Kevin Adams has them on, on the right track and they've got young superstar players and this feels like the Sabres' time. Like, if Buffalo gets back to the playoffs, I, I, it's good for the NHL. That's good for a market that cares about the NHL. And as much as the NHL wants to be this national sport south of the border, it remains really regional, and they've got their pockets, right? And we just lost Park, so we'll uh, get him back. But they've got Pittsburgh. They've got Chicago. They've got uh, they've got a you know when uh, Vegas has turned into a huge market for them. They've got like these four or five really important pockets where TV ratings are through the roof on local broadcasts, local telecasts, and Buffalo's one of them. Obviously, they haven't been in recent years, but they've seen an uptick, and I just. I, it's that's exciting, and oh, I mean, things could have gone so sour for that organization, Pat, during well, the whole did. Jack Eichel thing, and to see them now taking a turn, and hopefully, I mean, this is to me, this is always the hardest step, right? Is going from young, exciting team to a real contender in the NHL is learning how to do that. But I mean, how do you not love the pieces? I mean, last week we were talking about Darlene and Power getting these massive extensions, and Dylan Cousins is there. Zach Benson looks like a home run pick for this team. Uh, I think it's just Tage Thompson's been a, a a found you know piece there. And Alex Tuck came in and was you know probably could have been a little jaded about the Vegas situation. Came in and was like, no, I love Buffalo. I'm excited to be here with my team and I'm going to lead this group. They're just a fun, exciting group to to see grow together. I'm, I I have them being one of the better teams in the East this year. So uh, the the well, and the thing like it's I Buffalo is like the perfect example of making some win win trades. Yeah, you know what? The Jack Eichel trade worked out pretty well for both sides. Eichel yep. was pretty important part of a Stanley Cup win, and you know what? Tuck and Cousins, pretty important part of the Sabres. And, well, and getting guys invested too, I think that's so important. Ottawa, oh, sorry, it was to Krebs, it. it was Krebs who went Krebs. past from Vegas, yeah. but you know, okay, Krebs remains thing. an important part of their future. Uh, and like, talks a pretty important. I'd be excited. Part. Cousins is signed long term. Thompson signed long term. Darlene, I uh, mentioned Owen Power. Like, it feels like a team that's really just on the precipice of turning into a a contender. And wouldn't it be fun? You're right. It's just one of those ones where most of my hockey watching career, I've watched the, the Sabres be kind of a a bottom feeder, to be honest. The last time I can think of... Go watch some highlights of, like, the Chris Drury. Miller is, like, the last time I can remember. And they were okay then. They were wearing the Buffa Slug thing. They were just gross. Go go watch highlights from, like, 15 years ago. Briere, Briere Drury. Drury. Like, that that Sabres team. Or even, you know, the Rhett Warner, Dominic Hasek. Um, recognizable Sabres in this city. Uh, yeah, the The... Those years, like Buffalo was a madhouse. That rink was a madhouse. And I just, I'm hoping for them. Uh, I I think Parks has lost service. I'll let you know when. Uh, I don't Good wanna, old Buffalo. They don't have cell tower. They got they got great sports fans, but no cell towers. No Wi-Fi, unfortunately. It's Can we, really like, look, weird. Buffalo's basically a Canadian city. Like, Rogers, let's get some towers. Like, let's, let's. Uh, I'm sure that there are Expand some tele- our footprint. I'm sure there are some telecommunications rule that would not allow that. But you know what? Let's get some Rogers Towers into Buffalo. Uh, I'll Is let Buffalo you know. Buffalo playoff team for you this year? Yes. 
hundred percent. That's what I meant too. Uh, try calling him now. He just texted me back, so I think he's got service again. Uh, anyway, that's our rant on Buffalo, and I, Buffalo. I really am Buffalo yeah. wings, yay or nay? Uh, like if for the Stanley Cup, I don't think that's possible. Right? Really? Oh, you're not red chicken wings. wings. Yeah, they're quite good. Are they different in Buffalo? Uh, well, they're just like outstanding. They're just better. Anchors, Anchor Bar and uh, what is it? Gabriel's something. I don't remember what it's called now. Um, that place. Ridiculous. Buffalo. Ridiculous. I was there for the draft. And the That's Matthew, why I asked. The Matthew Kachuk draft. I've been there other times as well. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, restored service. Brendan Parker rejoins us right now. Did you go underground? What happened there? I don't know, man. I didn't move. It just it stopped working. Uh, your question sounded great. Oh, it was halfway through it though. It just cut out. You're welcome. Let's. Uh, we talked. We 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 uh, spent the requisite time talking about Buffalo and the Sabers. So yeah. let's uh, let's and Buffalo oh, wings. Can I, can I add something? Can yeah, I? Quickly of course jump you in can. Of course. Okay, so so I'm walking in. You know, we've come here. You know, a number of times over the years. And, and as you were saying that, um, I actually had that thought of, as, as I was walking into the building tonight. There, there is a real buzz here. Like, like you can see just the jerseys. You know, there's a, there's a spread. There's a lot of power jerseys. You got tuck jerseys. You know, you got, uh, you know, I got Darlene jerseys. It just feels like there is a little bit of pop and a little bit of energy coming into the building, which I haven't felt in previous visits. So to kind of piggyback on what you're talking nice. about there, you know, I think there is a lot to be excited about here. And, and I think, you know, I think you can feel that. I think you, you know, just walking into the rink that, you know, the pubs are kind of, they're filled uh, prior to the game, but an hour before puck drop, you know, they're rammed and everybody's, you know, ready to go. And I think that that probably speaks to what you're talking about, that this yeah. team might be ready to take another step. Need their first win of the year. They're off to an 0 two start. We'll see what happens in this game. And, See how that plays into the uh, Thursday game against the Flames. Um, you've been there for both the Pittsburgh and Washington games, Parks. What your your observations of the the six periods and an overtime period that we've seen to start this road trip from the Flames? Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I, first of all, I think there's been a lot of, um, I'll say maybe three really exceptional periods for the Calgary Flames, and I think the first. Um, 40 minutes against Pittsburgh, I think it had kind of some ups and downs in terms of, you know, I felt like it was still sloppy at times, uh, but on both sides of the clock, whether it was, you know, Pittsburgh turnovers or Calgary turnovers, you know, but I thought it was a good road, a good road performance and put themselves in a good spot. Obviously that start to the third period, you know, it unraveled quickly there and the building just absolutely erupted and they didn't respond maybe as well as you would have liked, but, you know, I thought they played really well in Washington. I, I thought it was a, you know, a pretty good game from the Calgary Flames in all areas. I think you'd like to see a few more good grade A's on those two power plays in the third period. I yep. think, you know, I think you'd like to see a couple more chances there, sure. But, you know, we sat down with Mark Savard a little bit today for our podcast. Check it out, Flames TV podcast. Um, subtle plug. But, you know, he talked Very about, like, subtle. you know, you, you – <laughs> yeah, super subtle. Uh, you know – you. You know, he's, they got three goals, three power play goals in three games, one a game. You know, how many coaches have you heard talk about if you can leave, you know, a game with a power play goal and, and your PK hasn't allowed a goal yet? So special teams you can't look at. I know situationally, you know, you want to see some more chances on those two third periods, you know, looks. But it's a 2-2 game on the road against a very good team. 
you stop their power play as well. Remember that. You know, that's a pretty good power play on that side too with Alex Ovechkin. So I don't think you can look at special teams. I think, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you look at, to me, I look at those two chances that came before the Capitals' goals. You know, there was that backdoor tip attempt. I think it was Rzichka on the backdoor. And then Lindholm had a, you know, had a great chance that, uh, that, that he gets stopped with the glove from the slot. And both of those chances end up going back the other way and they score on both of them. So, so to me, I know you can nitpick, you know, as much as you want, but I think, I think we've seen a progression from their game through three. You know, I think they've gotten better with each game. You haven't had results necessarily, but I think as a coaching staff, as a fan, you're probably happy with some of the evolution. And I think they're working hard. I, I, I to me, at least when I'm watching that game in Washington, that first period, you know, they were tenacious on talks. They didn't allow Washington to think about anything they were all over him, and, and maybe Matt Coronado is even leading the way in that category. I did. It's funny you mentioned Matt Coronado, and you mentioned your chat with Mark Savard. I, I did have that written down as something I wanted to get into with you because uh, I, I listened to a little bit of it. I, haven't, I wasn't able to listen to the whole thing as of yet, but you did sit down with Mark Savard and talk some power play with him on the Flames TV podcast. I'm just what your takeaways and, and anything that, that really jumped out at you when it comes to what he's seen on the power play early on and, and things that you're like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, that, that's something that I, I hadn't thought of. I'm just curious your, your takeaways from that chat. Well, first and foremost, you know, I, I love, I love just talking to him about it. Like you can tell the passion that this guy has for the game and, and has for the offensive side of the game. Like there's a reason why he was as good as he was when he was a player. And he just thinks it like that. Like he always has a creative mind for it. And I think, you know, my big takeaway was, I know this sounds kind of cliche in some ways, but it's a work in progress. Like his, his thing is I wasn't here last year. I'm still trying to figure out where uh, everybody might be the best fit. And one of the examples he gave was Matt Coronado specifically, because you can tell, you know, he, they've, been, they've had him net front a lot on the power play. And there's a lot of rotation in their power play. There's a lot of movement, which I like, you know, but I think a lot of times we see Matt net front that he's like, you know, we're not sure that that, you know, that might not necessarily be the best spot for him. We're, we're piecing things together, but he loves how tenacious he is and how he retrieves pucks. And that's one thing that he's, uh, he's given that number one unit. So, you know, whether he stays there or whether they move him around, try and find him maybe a spot where he can be more of a shooter, you know, that maybe that's something they're looking at. But, but the thing that I took away from it is, is, and again, I'll go back to the work in progress thing, but it's an evolution. I think they're really gonna they're gonna really toy with things to make sure that they've got guys in the best possible spots to make sure that they can succeed. And I think he used Coronado as that example because the goal that he scores, you know, he he walks out right like he was in that front, but he kind of peels out. Lindholm finds him, and then he buries that. But you can see he's such a shooter. But they really like, and I, and I think this is a real compliment to a rookie in the National Hockey League is the fact that he has been so all over pucks that, that they like him in that spot because of his retrievals. I think that's a great, that's a great, to me, the, the goals and the points, yeah, you, you'll get excited about that. Yeah. But if the work's going to be there like that, I think that's the most exciting thing about Matt Coronado for three games. Uh, Brendan Parker's with us from Buffalo this hour on Flames Talk. Um, can we, gents did like, I, I'm curious as to where we'd all be on the shootout attempt from Yegor Sharangovich because I loved it. Like that, that was the first time that we've really been like, holy crap, that shot, because he came down and there was no like next to no windup, and he absolutely yep. killed that thing, and Darcy Kemper still hasn't seen it. The only thing is it hit the crossbar. 
how now my question is how can we see that a little bit more obviously there's all the time and space in the world when you're on a shootout attempt so how do we get Sharon Govich to let that thing go a little more often yeah that's a great that's a great thought because I think there's a lot of people that are looking at that and you know I'll tell you when we were at practice at the facility practice facility in Washington he had a couple of times in the drill where I, where I went whoa like like when he releases it it's a tough release to compete with. Like, he is right up there with anybody. By the way, one nothing Buffalo, Zemgis Zemgis Gergensen. one nothing Gergensen's with a, with a snipe to the top. The all-star. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I, uh, yeah, one nothing Buffalo. And, um, no, I, I think, I, honestly, that, that's one thing that just jumps out. And, and we certainly haven't seen it in the game yet. But I don't think, I feel like it's coming. I don't know where you guys stand on that. Like the fourth line, there's been a lot of special teams that kind of takes them out of the mix in terms of five on five. But when they've been able to get into a pretty solid rotation, I've liked what that line's done. They've been, they've been a handful there. There's some speed there. And I think the one thing with him is, you know, maybe he's easing into it in terms of, we haven't seen the offensive splash yet, but he's been pretty responsible defensively. He doesn't hurt you in his own end. You know, and, and I wonder if maybe that's kind of part of his transition in. He's making sure that he's kind of taking care of his own end first. Um, you know, obviously we know, you know, that shootout attempt, you described it perfectly. I mean, we know it's there. You know, I think we will see it. I think we'll start to see it as he gets more comfortable. You know, he's playing center right now, so he's got a little bit more of a responsibility shouldering that load right now. I think it'll get there. Um, but But I like what he's done in terms of, you know, he's been a reliable guy, and that fourth line has contributed, uh, maybe not offensively quite yet, but I think we've seen flashes where where they can be pretty effective, and I, I like the speed, I like the size of that line. I think we'll see it. I think we'll see it soon. Yeah, I honestly think it's just going to be a product of him getting the puck on net more, guys. He had two shots in that Washington game, two shots in the Pittsburgh game, but it really feels like to me once he gets one, and maybe even that shootout attempt, guys, is a bit of a, a wake-up to him and be like, yeah, you know what? I got to start using my shot a little bit more because I think that was the biggest thing that a lot of us took away. Parks, you mentioned seeing him in Washington, but I mean, tell me it wasn't the exact same thing the first couple times we saw him on the ice at training camp for Calgary too uh, earlier this year when we were like, wow, that's clearly one of the, the best attributes that this guy gets. I wonder if it isn't, guys, just getting that first one out of the way and maybe having a bit more of a, a shooting mentality that gets him going offensively because clearly – when you can do uh, what he can do with the puck like that, uh, it's pretty easy to see why he was able to score 20 in his first full NHL season. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe at some point when he fits in a little bit differently, and as we talked about with Mark Savard, if they start moving pieces around, if at some point we don't see him on a power play, taking a few more reps in a position where he can he can let it go, because that thing is a weapon. Like That is yeah. something that defenses would have to guard against. But again, you know, they've got him playing a penalty kill role and a pretty key one. You know, he's kind of replacing uh, Trevor Lewis right now. He's on a, on a pairing with Blake Coleman, and that he's taken some pretty high-pressure PK minutes. And you know what? The PK's done their job. They've, they've, they've been perfect through the first three games. So, you know, he's got a role, and he's playing it well right now, and maybe it's a little bit more defensive-minded right now. And, and, and eventually, you know, it'll free him up. But I think he's taking care of, you know, the most important thing right now, and that's his own end, and, and the offense will come with it. All right, Parks, go enjoy your uh, night off in Buffalo and stay off of Chippewa Street. That's that's the you can get into you get in trouble there. So just uh, stay away from there and uh, have a good uh, have a good Tuesday night in Buffalo. 
I appreciate it, boys. Always love the chat. And uh, maybe I'll just start throwing up the Buffalo Tampa Tampa updates onto uh, onto social media. <laughs> Please do. I would like that. Yeah. Uh, see you, buddy. Thanks, Thanks, Parks. All right. Take care, guys. Brendan Parker uh, from Buffalo as he joins us inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Hello, fans. Calgary Co-op has refreshed its membership just for you. Now you can shop, save, and win with the new Calgary Co-op app. Download on the Apple Store and Google Play Store. I think it's Gabriel's Gate, by the way, is the bu- is the... Yeah, Gabriel's Gate. That's what just came to my mind right there. Uh, Anchor Bar, Gabriel's Gate. Those are the two places that everybody... I don't know. I've been to Anchor Bar once, and everybody tells me Gabriel's Gate is the place to go for wings. Um, I've been to Anchor Bar once, and they were great. Don't get me wrong. They were were like, holy, okay, I get it. Um, But everybody says, no, you got to go to Gabriel's Gate is the place to be Hmm. in Buffalo. Um, Yeah, if they can get their... Next time we're around. You'd almost almost want it to be... Get the... uh, Get the first win against Tampa so that you're not hungry for that first win against the Flames on Thursday. <laughs> no, that's yeah. probably the way to yeah, go. Yeah, just pick it up tonight. Don't even worry about it. They're 0-2 to start the season. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Flames will practice on Wednesday in Buffalo, then play there on Thursday into Columbus on Friday, and they wrap the road trip Sunday afternoon against the Detroit Red Wings. As we start to wrap up this hour of Flames Talk, Logo's on Twitter, at Fan960Logan. Cam, Taylor have been our producers this hour, and uh, we've got uh, lots to get to on a Wednesday edition of Flames Talk. Looking forward to Wednesday's edition, but for now, we wrap up on this Tuesday. This hour has been the Sports Drive, and it's been brought to you, as always, by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe, now just $1450, or explore the full line of safes at calgarylockandsafe.com.